Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Um, so for me, what uh, happened, some of what happened was, um, so I was sitting here and I decided to stay a little longer. And um, I could feel at this point with the days of uh, sitting and walking and practicing that uh, the mind has uh, had some pliability to it. So, you know, like just the suggestion, like, let's stay here and practice was uh, enough to, uh, you know, like the... The intention was not uh, in a sea of like um, agitation and scatteredness, you know, like the, the let's let's do this here now, you know, was uh, at resonance, you know, so boom, like there was no uh, moving, the mind was engaged, and I was thinking, oh, the mind has settled over a few days, you know, and it uh, responds well to uh, an invitation or an intention, so the pliability uh, of mind. Um, I could see there was some there. And because I uh, knew what I would be talking about now, I had made the, this uh, decision, loose decision this morning. Uh, then the mind was, let's, ch let's check that, that out. You know, let's check that aspect because it's coming. You know. And often the talks, I want them to be based on, you know, the immediate ex experiences around the, the theme. So uh, the theme was uh, the theme was um, around anatta. So this this third um, characteristic that is in every experience. So a little review here. Yesterday I was saying, you know, we we are in our heads and in our thoughts and expectations and stories, and we come close to uh, reality. And close to reality, things gets very specific. And in coming be specific also, what stands out is their universal characteristics. What all phenomena have in common. We named two yesterday. One is anicca, impermanence. How things arise and pass. The panic attack, the fear of losing the frame of the schedule. And, oops, it passes. And so did the sound of the train yesterday and uh, anything else and um, at some point believe it or not this retreat <laughs> 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 will be just what you thought it's never gonna end at some point it will be gone so the anicca dukkha that we talked about so the incapacity for things to satisfy so I talked about this in every phenomena there would be that quality that this phenomena cannot completely provide And then the third characteristic is the one I want to talk about today, is anatta. So, and we talked about this already, talking about uh, human nature. So what is happening here, 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 in a way is not that personal. It's, uh, it's human nature. Panic attack, human nature. You know, uh, excitement, human nature. Benevolence, goodwill, uh, open mind, uh, public domain. Yeah. 
And so, so as I sat here, saying, okay, let's open the schedule for the afternoon until the talk, and I could see that I could set my mind to practice, and it would respond well, it was willing to, you know, it was not like, no, let me think about the rest of my life, you know. I didn't have to fight, you know, and abandon and pick up again and put down, you know. It was just, okay. And um, so the mind was attentive to um, this, you know, through the question, maybe the general kind of question was, um, who's, who's, who's sitting? who's attentive, and uh, I could really sense a sense of I, you know, like uh, there was a sense of I, and I I was uh, just trying to um, kind of delineate, you could say, like, what's this thing that is really clearly seen as, it's me sitting here, what's that? And I could feel, oh, it's it's a physical sensation, you know, there's a physical sensation that I perceive as I. And then when I was putting my attention on the physical sensation, then the eyeing around this, the kind of perception would collapse. It was just a sensation uh, here in the chest. Like, oh. Unlook that, it appears as I. It's me, I'm here in this sensation. And look that, suddenly it was just a sensation. The, and, uh, and anyway, so I stayed there a little bit with um, something of that, uh, in that area. And it was really interesting because the mind became a little sluggish, a little kind of dreamy. And then there were uh, thoughts, kind of dreamy images and maybe a conversation, something being described, you know. And then I would catch in the middle of the description, let's say there was something dreamy, you know, like it's saying like, oh, he opened the door. And like if there was a narrator describing something, and in the fog and kind of sleepiness, it appeared like I was describing something. And then when I would notice the fog, I would notice that there's a description. It's not my voice. There's no I in this voice. It's a dream voice. It's not personal. And then, so I could see that uh, unlooked at, it looked like I was describing something to somebody. You know, that's not me describing something. It's a dream. There's no I there. And uh, then that's, it stayed for a while. I don't know, maybe there was a good ten minutes of fogginess. But with uh, moments of picking it in with the curiosity, where's the I in there? And every time there was an I on the, uh, atten- with the attention, it would, it would not appear as I. It would appear as mm-hmm. sluggishness you know, or dream state. So I don't know if it's of an interest, but I'm st- I keep going anyway. And at some point, the mind became bright again. So it, it did. It was basically an afternoon nap, <laughs> 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 but practicing in the middle of the nap. And then, whoops, the mind was refreshed. And uh, then there was silence. And then comments would come in. You know, comments about practice. Comments. And uh, these also were felt like I, I'm describing or I'm coaching, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, I would think like, so what is really known here? And, and I would turn my attention to that sentence and it would collapse. Every time there was a comment and I was like, like, who's talking? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it would look like I was commenting. And then when I would look at it, it would, this thing would collapse. 
So there was kind of no backbone to it. Huh? There was no eye to it. So I was just interested in, uh, and it made me, uh, I could feel um, joy arising because there was a joy that everywhere where there this seemed to be an eye, there was just an event. You know, there was a comment or, a, and uh, even the attention at some point was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm putting words now, but the sense was like the attention itself is I. I, I is attending to reality, you know, it's being attentive. And when looking at this factor or this event, phenomena, factor of mind, of attention, suddenly it looked just like a factor of mind. There was nothing personal about it. Attention is attention. And uh, so I could see how it would attach itself if there was not such a good level of attention, you know, then there would be an I. But with a little attention, a little inquiring, suddenly things were just um, conditions and events, you know. And uh, that, that was kind of funny. But it kept, it kept attaching itself to something, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and uh, it brought joy. Really, because I was like, oh, deluded. That's delusion. That's, that's what it does. You know, it's exactly that, delusion. It's uh, attached itself to where it can, you know, Mara. I see you, Mara. I see you, Mara. <laughs> and the Buddha story seems to take big breaks, you know. He, ap- he appears every 15 pages, you know. In my case, it was like every paragraph. <laughs> there was Mara trying to say, hey, this is you there. Um, anyway, so that's a uh, very immediate description of the the study of uh, the eyeing and mying. So maybe now I'll I'll try different ways to to describe this. Um, there's so many ways in the teachings to talk about this characteristic. Uh, this this. Anatta, so not mine, not I, not belonging to I, that is part of every phenomena. So the delusion, the mistaken view is to attribute, give a I, a sense of I, so that perception, that sense. And in the teaching, the Buddha says there's only four ways that we mistakenly do this. It's either we think something, some event, some phenomena uh, is mine, mine, my retreat, my house, my opinion, my fun, my, anyway, my fear. So something appears, can only appear in, in four forms in this mistaken view of ownership, you know. It's either mine, it appears like this. So, as I'm saying this, my hope is that you see a bunch of mine. My this, my my son, my career, my, yeah, so mine. If it's not mine, when there is this mistaken view, it's going to be I. It's not my, it's me. You know, so is it your body, it's mine, or are you the body? You know, are you the thought, or it's your thought? 
And often this is very, very kind of a shaky, flickering. It changes form depending on the situation, the moment. You know, it keeps, you know, I'm the thought because I'm thinking it and it's me thinking. Or, or it, feel, it feels like it's I or suddenly now it's my thought. Or maybe if it's not one of these two, it will be it's inside of me. So the emotions are inside of me. Are you the fear? No, I've clarified this. Fear arises, but inside of me. <laughs> so that's the other way that we'll, you know, we'll get uh, hooked, uh, because that's a form of clinging. That's a mistaken view where there's we attach a self. Right? So it's either, and I keep saying it because that's a way for us to uh, you know, learn it. So it's either mine, or I, or inside of me, or I'm inside it. So the body is not me, but I'm certainly inside it. Huh? Or, no, no, I'm not inside it, it's not me, it's mine. <laughs> so here are the four, four views. The Buddha said that's it. If there is a mistaken view around selfing in this way, it's one of these fours. It's either I, mine, inside of me, or I'm inside of it. And uh, this view uh, is very popular. <laughs> These views are extremely popular. <laughs> and so questioning them is counterintuitive and is going against the stream. You know? Um, so I'll show maybe other ways that I'm discovering how this unfolds. You might see this too. So, apparently, uh, monkeys do this too. <laughs> But I think more wisely in some ways. Because uh, I was listening to, uh, I think it was biologist, a biologist, and they were saying that, uh, so they know that the, the some kind of monkey I can't, remember which uh, species, but um, they, they know that they uh, represent, they create a representation of themselves, you know, they, they think of themselves in the future or this or that, because how they know that? It's because they'll see a, maybe a bonobo, you know, s stand up and look around and uh, grab a big uh, rock this size. So as this rock, And then keeps going around. And then it finds a nut, like this. Then it keeps going around, and then it finds a big rock. It puts the nut on the big rock, and it goes like this. And so because it picked the big rock first, biologists know that the bonobo, <laughs> the monkey, saw itself, had a repre represented itself, a symbol in the mind, an image of itself, You know, it's so itself. I'm going to grab a rock. I'm going to grab a nut. <laughs> I'm going to kick the hell out of that nut. <laughs> so it's a series of image that uh, helps. It's a technological tool to help survival. You know, so there's see, represent. It's not self. It's a representation. It's a symbol. Huh? Symbol of self. Self grab rock. Yeah, does this eat good. You know, there it goes. That it 
Uh, it eats, it drops the symbol. It was a tool, just a tool to m make uh, food happen. What's the difference with, with human beings? We don't drop. Huh? We don't drop. No, we don't drop. <laughs> we knock the thing and we say, oh, I'm going to tell this person, you know, representation. I ate a nut and I'm able to open nuts. And you know, like, and you're like, uh, the representation was just to feed oneself. You can drop it now. No, because I don't know what people think of my representation. And in the future, my representation, when it gets old, and if my representation was to meet somebody there and do this and this is what would happen to my <gasps> I fear about my representation you know like we're totally fooled we we have an image that we don't rea realize it's a construction it's a useful construction but it's good to drop it sometimes and some of us many of us maybe all of us we don't drop it we live with it we fear for it we go in bed at night and we <laughs> keep having it, you know, not find rocks, not find nuts, you know, and we, you know, <laughs> and we suffer. Um, it's kind of extra suffering, you know, like it's not needed. It's not easy to neither drop the rock, drop the rock, and drop the representation. But here, that's the kind of work we do. We How actually. How do we know animals drop? Huh? How do we know they drop stuff? Because uh, when they, uh, when a, a zebra, <laughs> let's take a zebra, <laughs> is attacked by uh, by a uh, by a tiger, and the tiger and uh, the zebra pretend it's dead, and the tiger is like, I got it, you know, and looks around. The zebra takes off. The zebra, moment, I'm getting there. <laughs> the zebra gets away. And then shakes the trauma out, and then their life is fine. But we don't shake the representation off. You know, we're like, oh my God, this is what happened to this representation. You know, like we keep, you know. It's because it's the fault of our uh, neocortex, I think. Mm -hmm. We have one brain too many. <laughs> In some ways it's useful, but it comes with its uh, problems. So here... We sit, we walk, and we pay attention. And we start to see the representation coming. And instead of being fused with it, thinking it's moi, you know, we wake up like, oh, this is a representation. It's not actually happening. It's a symbol. It's a story. It's made up. It's useful. But, and we learn here to put it down. That's what we could call maybe a fluid sense of self instead of a rigid I'm like this, this is what I am, I'm like that. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. So somebody asked the Buddha, you say I. Why, why do you say I, or do you say I? I think that's the question. Do you say I as a, an awakened being? And the Buddha said, says, I say I, but I know the limit of that language. I know it's a tool. It's useful to say, I will meet you at that corner at that time. But after I don't keep the thing going, you know, like it's me, 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 you know, I drop it. This is extremely subtle work. I'm putting a few words on it. The only way to access it is through meditation. Not thinking about it, so now it's conceptual what I'm saying, it's storytelling, but it might help point towards a certain direction for research. After, we have to catch it in action, suddenly, you know. 
And we also have to notice its absence, to notice how it appears and disappears. So it's not solid, it's not permanent, it's not absolute reality, because it keeps appearing and disappearing. So sometimes we're sitting here, and there's just sounds being heard. You know, there's no representation in the middle of that. There's just sounds being heard. And then you think, ah, I'm going to tell this to Pascal in the interview group. So I was sitting, a sound came, then there's a representation. It's important for survival. You know, you want to come and have some nuts to show, you know. <laughs> so, so, and then we can pick it up, and, but we can also suddenly have compassion, say, oh, stuck with the representation, you know. And there's a way at some point where we can actually drop it. Say, yeah, thank you so much for the storytelling, the narration. We're going to just allow hearing to happen. And then allow hearing to happen. Allow, you know, throbbing to throb or piercing to pierce, you know. Allow fear to fear, you know. And not uh, take, uh, describe this as I or mine, but recognize human nature, nature. Ah, oh, of course, there's this ease. This ease happens in the world. Emotions happen. You know. I don't have to identify um, this as mine, or I'm in it, or it's in me, or it's I. You know. But also, you know, I don't want to cut the fun out of the thing, because... Somehow there's gratification in this. We like this. Yeah, but I, I, you know, don't, you know, <laughs> don't take this away from me. I'm generous. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent. I'm generous, <laughs> you know. I like knowing that I'm, you know, this or that, you know. And so you, you're asking me to let this go? No way. <laughs> I'm keeping this, you know. I was like, yeah, but keep an eye on this. You'll see, you know, how the intelligence at some point is just not available, <laughs> you know. It could be just a plane ride away, you know, and jet lag makes you suddenly <laughs> stupid, you know. You can't process basic information because, you know, so clearly it was conditional, you know. It was not this or that. Or give it a shock in this way or give it this and you have to cut around a bit and whoops, that bit of the brain is gone, you know. And so the capacity to speak, remember, suddenly was not so much I. It belonged to the circumstances. And so here we want to become aware of this early because it brings humility, because it opens the heart, because it makes things democratic, you know, it's not me. I made myself. No. You were born in privilege. <laughs> you know, you were born with the right, the right condition. So now this is <coughs> what happens. You know, like it's conditional. So many ways to talk about this. I have a long uh, list, not here, but somewhere. Can you give an explanation for, um, for instance, you're born smart in the right environment, and now two kids are born in the same environment, same uh, same brains, and uh, one is succeeding, the other one doesn't. Yeah. <coughs> Which part 
Is there none that you can attribute to uh, a self? A self, yeah. None. No. No, not in this teaching. Well, I can't, uh, you know, tell you the story of these two beings because I don't know all the conditions, but I know that the conditions were such that one has these tools and the other one has those tools, you know. I, but I don't know what happened. What happened that night, you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened that night. I don't know if because this one was the second one or the first one, there was more pressure on it, on this one. Or this one was this gender and this one was that gender. Or this one was born with, uh, with uh, maybe gender dysphoria and feels it's the biggest secret, secret doesn't feel at, at home in that form for some reason. So all the energy is taken by that. So it can't process the environment so well as the other who the conditions were different. I mean, thousands of conditions. So to make a self out of, of this, it would be absolutely arrogant and mistaken and dangerous, you know, in one way and the, in the other, you know, saying I'm less than, it's me, and I'm more than, you know, but a recognition of what's happening is very uh, important. So that's a kind of a, I think, a very uh, a wise way to look at this and compassionate way also. Is there succeed? What is succeed? Success? Yeah, in, in your question. Success is a result of condition. Yeah. Yeah. But is, if that's not, uh, if, you, if you're not aware of that, then you can think, well, he's going, he has a uh, yeah. big car, um, etc., big career, and that's succeeding. Yeah, yeah. So there's a kind of mentality that will say this person made themselves, but often this person will have the right color of skin that fits in the environment to fix success. I mean, look at this here. Let's take this here. You know, this is male. This is cisgender. This has uh, green eyes, really beautiful green eyes, people say. <laughs> you know, these things are at play, I tell you. You know, and, uh, uh, and other things, you know. Uh, and things that were there, I can't claim, you know, I... I can't claim the, you know, the, the, there was things that were there. There was a joyfulness that was there. You know, I can attribute it to me because people say, oh, it's been there, you know, since you were born, you know. But is that me? I mean, it's me in the personality, but can I make this mine? And I'm, I didn't make this joy, you know. It's, but I tried to use it well. You know, that's responsibility. But to think, and I've seen that joy fall apart also, sometimes for months, huh? not accessible, and clearly because of conditions. So it tells me that it was belonging to conditions. Huh? The joy was r conditional in this way. You know? um, volition? Conditional? Volition? Volition, like the rest, intention is conditional, totally. So, for example, here, you know, you decide to go do slow walking. It's an intention. The intention to go do slow walking. You would think easily, it's me. I decide, especially when it's open schedule. I decide. But um, it's not exactly like this. When we look at intentions, 
intentions, which, by the way, is where often the eye hides, you know, will say, okay, tingling in the hands is not exactly me or mine, it happens. You know, like that's how the notion of self will release slowly will, by sitting and being attentive. Ah, hearing happens by itself. It's not so much me, it happens. You know, or tingling happens. Or fear, ah, fear comes through. It's not exactly me, but it comes through. It does exist. It comes through. It's not exactly me, but I'm the one standing up. Mm. I, f- I, you know, in the, in the, the Buddha questioned even that and found that, no, conditional what makes you want to go do slow walking? My th- belief around this is that it's uh, valued here. We say, hey, it's a really good thing. Slow walking, going nowhere, is really good. And suddenly we're like, hey, I want to go do slow walking. You know, it's the environment create that possibility. And so, and so, you know, intentions, we say that movements of the body, speech, and movements of the mind are intentional. Uh, and intention are created over years, you know. So in the family circumstances, we say, we say thank you. We say thank you when somebody gives us something. We say thank you and then somebody gives us something. We say thank you because we've learned that. When in the other family, it was not valued so much. So it doesn't really happen, you know. So that intention was cre- created by the family system, by the, you know. And so most of what uh, we do in life, I mean, basically if we look really well, we would see pretty much everything. Yeah. What we do here is that we start valuing a lot uh, mindfulness, attention, uh, benevolence. And so we, we are conditioning each other. We're saying, hey, let's develop this because we're interest, interested in suffering and the lessening of suffering. And greed, hatred, arrogance, uh, all these, they create a lot of suffering in self and in others. So we try to condition ourselves towards uh, more um, wholesome states of mind that will be more beneficial for self and others. That's what we call the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path is using a world that conditions us in a really wholesome way. We're saying we're going to... This is complex in a way stuff, but in a way not so complex either. So if you don't get everything, uh, blame it on me. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, intention... uh, you know, what What makes you speak? You know, sometimes what makes you speak is generosity. It's not so much you. It's, it's a generous intention, a gen- generous thought. G- the, the, you know, that factor of mind is there, and so there will be a generous act. You know, and sometimes uh, reactivity. And we all have this situation where we go to bed and we're like, oh my God, why did I say that? You know, why well, wasn't it you? It was confusion, it was fear, it was uh, vengeance, it was uh, reactivity, it was feeling threatened. This spoke. And so that's why after we're like, oh my God, I said that. You know, Why did I say that? Well, the fear of not being accepted made me say that. That felt like the thing to say to be accepted, you know, but was not true. 
Yeah, but the fear was so strong that there was a need to, you know. And so that's, to me, this leads to compassion. Oh, that's how it happened. You know, so I don't have to make a self that is bad and knock on it with a rock. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I could say, oh, the conditions were such and there was a lot of confusion and so this is what came out. But it's not denial. And not, you know, there is responsibility, but without the guilt tripping. Ah, this was really said here by this being, but this being was confused. There's something I did many, many years ago that was not good. It was uh, hurtful to some people. And, uh, you know, I kept thinking about it like this, like, why did I do this? I'm a bad person that I did that. You know, and one day, I was sitting with Sylvia Borstein. Somebody mentioned her. You did. And uh, Sylvia was talking and she was saying about something else, maybe about for her. And she was saying, the conditions were such, the conditions were such that this is what happened. The conditions at that time were such that this is what happened. And I heard it and suddenly it totally explained. Ah, there was that amount of wisdom in this mind at that age. There was that amount of confusion that if I get this, I'm really going to be happy. So that amount of greed. The conditions were perfect for this being to do what they did. I'm not removing a responsibility. Huh? That's the p- for me, that's the fine line here. You know, because I could say, ah, oh, that doesn't count. You know, people do things like this. No, it had an impact. It was serious stuff. You know, not that serious, but. <laughs> 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 and. Uh, so, you know, it was not like, oh, don't care, and it's not like me, bad me, <coughs> you know. It's just recognizing the conditions that made these intentions arise and being able to say, let not these intentions arise again, you know, because of impact, you know. And so, um, not that uh, personal. I'll tell you another way, maybe. Just, you might, you know, if there's one thing that remains just as a, you know, intriguing enough to go look to see if this is true or not and how. One thing that we do with this representation is we construct a a timeline. This, I think, comes from uh, conversations I was having with uh, Charles Genoux. And and so we, do you see what I mean? We have it like, like, you know, maybe I, c- well, for me it's a little different with the HIV because the timeline got broken. You know, I never thought I would see 40. Like it was not a possibility <coughs> at 25. I thought probably I might see eight years down the road, but not, not more than that. But often human beings will imagine themselves up to, well, I don't know what is your kind of timeline you constructed. Hopefully 70-something, maybe 80-something that would, you know, and so suddenly you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, unfortunately, you know, and we feel robbed of our life. It was never our life. There was a, the timeline is a, f- is a construction. There's no timeline. You see what I mean? It doesn't exist. Except the mind makes it. 
and then we and we adhered to it. We believed in it. We gave it. Me should have this life, and people will say, "Ah, they took his life away." You know, but there was never that life never existed. So it's good to wake up to this early. There's no actual timeline. The mind will create this. It's helpful maybe to put a little money aside if we can for old days or something like this. But the reality is there's no timeline, you know. And um, an example of this will be maybe uh, of the past, but at some point, I think it's okay to share this. Um, so we were talking with Charles, and, uh, you know, Charles, I think, used to play football and run, and, you know, be... And, and uh, now can't do this, or couldn't at the moment of the conversation, you know, had some difficulties and, had, uh, you know, even some problems going upstairs, you know, for a while at least. And I was saying, ah, how do you feel? Because you could do these things and you can't anymore. And he was saying, oh... I don't have that construction. It's it's uh, it's uh, I, it just doesn't. It's not in me. You know, there's this here and how I'm attending to it. I don't have a construction of uh, like this. I, I and I, I was thinking, wow, he did his work really well, because he, you know, he, he he doesn't. He said, no, I don't construct a self that should be able to run. You know, like that doesn't wouldn't occur to me. I would know it's a construction. I, w- I wouldn't be able to believe in it. You know. What is here is here, you know. And, you know, in the same way, like, oh, and now what do you think about, you know, the future? And, you know, it's like, I, I, my mind doesn't build things like this, you know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't project things, you know. And therefore, there's no disappointment around that, you know. Like, there's just, there's here now, what's here. And let's take care of that appropriately. You know? and, I, and I was thinking, wow, I have a little work to do still. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because I could get caught in that construction. You know? so, uh, so this is a way that it can hurt oneself, you know? Or the other self that I could have been if this didn't happen, you know? These are constructions and we can get entangled in them. And so the liberation is to recognize, oh, the mind created the story, and then it believed it. It was just a mind creation. There was no, uh, no, not that version. And when I say these things, I often say them kind of lightly, like kind of like, ah, rah, rah. I know we're talking about deep stuff, you know, really ingrained. Of course we would do these things, you know. It makes total sense that we would. And now we're pushing a little further. Question? Yeah. When we practice metta yeah. on ourselves, can you... Yes. Is that like a skillful means just to generate... It is. Okay. So it's, uh, we use the conception of the I to generate beautiful qualities of mind. So it would be good to know, to be aware of this. Oh, I'm saying, may you be well, may you, may I be well... I'm using conventional reality to develop really powerful uh, qualities of heart, you know. So, um, uh, something was crossing my mind. 
I don't think it was rhythm. Ephemeral. Well, here's uh, one. These are just snippets. So the Buddha uh, talking about the, uh, the elements, the earth element. The earth element, we have access to it now. It's pressing, you know, the hardness on the bum, you know, the weight. The, that. So he would, the, the Buddha would uh, say, the earth element, the wise beings, they recognize the earth element and they stop there earth element the untrained mind the confused mind they also recognize the earth element they feel the pressure on the butt you know but they go one step further and that's their problem <laughs> they make it mine and so mine and the buddha was teaching the earth element is hardness, is weight. Inside, outside, oneself, same earth element, fire element. You know, we we perceive it as mine. You know, my cold or my. You know, it's like this is just uh, an element, and the untrained mind, of course, will make that slight little mistake of ownership you know, kind of colonizing, you know, and here we're decolonizing. I'm using this, these words really carefully as a descendant of settlers, you know, whose, you know, uh, ancestors uh, colonized uh, a land and created the genocide, and this is still going on, you know, so it's a very delicate image to use for white uh, descendant of a European uh, but it, to me I see some of the same mistaken view owning something that is not one's to own you know, and then suffering from it because in the all these ways that we start owning life you know appropriating life this is my life no. this is life happening you know, and we appropriate life and we appropriate a lot of things then we get really scared about our ownership. Will somebody take it away? It's mine. Huh? That's the problem with ownership. It comes with fear. What will happen to me? My, you know, then death is an absolute insult, you know, and totally scary because there's been ownership. I'm, I've appropriated something that belongs to nature. Life belongs to nature. If there's a mistaken view that it's my life, then of course it's going to hurt. You know? So I'm talking here a lot about kind of ultimate reality, and then there still is conventional reality. You know, it's my body. I decide who touches it. You know, it's very important to hold both. You know, and I know ultimately it's not exactly mine because you know. At some point, it it will be proven that it was not uh, me, I, you know. Oh la 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 la. <laughs> it's your cue. <laughs>
So one way to put it is that, you know, when we're born, we don't know I. Or it's just like all lights and color, you know, <laughs> and we're like this. And the parent, uh, the good enough parent, let's put it like this, will help, you know. This is your nose. This is Mama's nose. This is, you know, this is... That no, this is not your truck. This is um, Chantal's truck. You know, give her back her truck. No, mine. You know, and you, you know, and there's education. You know, this is yours. This is not yours. This is. It's really important. And yes, you're worthy, and you're beautiful beings, and it's yours. And you're, you know, and you did that. It's a beautiful drawing. And yes, these are your notes. You worked hard to get them. You know, and so there's this sense of I that forms hopefully healthy enough and you know things are being shaky and unreliable and there's going to be a <laughs> bunch of cracks in there you know and uh, you know and uh, but there's a i a sense of i and uh, so we went from pre egotic or egoic i don't know what would be the word you know we went from that you know to this is you you this is your hand your shoulder you know. And so from pre-egoic to uh, egoic being, I decide that I'm going on retreat. I'm paying for room and board. <laughs> I'm taking care of my stuff, you know. And for alliance, and I know who I am, and I know my boundaries. And then I do come to a re meditation retreat. And then the voyage continues. Then we say, it's yours but not absolutely yours. Yes, it's your emotions, but not really. Yes, it's your breath, but not really. You see, we go trans-egoic. Because we're formed enough, we can take this further. You wouldn't want to do this to a kid. You, know. you want to actually form a nice one and then push it a little further and say, not absolutely to prepare for death for one of the things and to lessen the suffering. Yes? So are there, are there kids that are being raised like this? Like the, the really young mamas? I don't know about this. Definitely. I'm not sure it would be a great idea. Uh -huh. I, I don't know. That's just the kind of uh, sense I would get that uh, you want us to be well formed. Because uh, it's interesting what you say that Maybe it's the Western culture. Maybe I'm uh, representing Western culture when I'm saying we need we need this. Uh, it's worked well for many people in some ways, you know, <laughs> that uh, you know that they were able to question what was uh, suggested. But yeah, it's highly questionable. Maybe let's put it uh, this way. But anyway, for most of us, this is kind of the way we were raised, you know. We were educated into having a sense of self, you know. And, uh, and now we're, we're questioning this, mm. this assumption. Yeah. Yes. At the other line, um, and it's happening to me, my worst fear is being separated. Yeah. I found out. So can I maybe I have a few words I don't know if they're going to be helpful but with that sense of I comes a sense of separation you know I against the universe 
You know, I feel like I'm a separate being. That's that's the sense we get, no? From this I am here, you know, and, and the others <coughs> are outside. And, and so with this comes trouble. It's troubling to feel separated from the universe. And plus, we're not sure we belong. Huh? Like there's a whole universe and I clearly exist and I'm not sure I'm welcomed in there, you know? It seems like it's pushing me out <laughs> or, you know... So there's a sense, I think for many of us, there's a sense of separation. And when this falls, to me it's the most beautiful thing, you know, like you're sitting here, you think I'm hearing, I'm hearing, and then hearing happens. And the duality in this way falls. There's just hearing happening. There's just sensing. And suddenly, you know, so somehow, I, I'll try this, I've never said this, but I'll try this highly personal in a way, but, you know, when when people say, oh, you know, these retreats and these ways, uh, uh, you must feel lonely, or, you know, I was spending a lot of time in the woods uh, a few last years, and, and I think, no, when I'm deluded, maybe, but when there is presence, I'm nature, I mean, not I'm, but there's only nature, there's, there's, cold, there's, there's no I experiencing something, there's just the ev- like it's so intimate, it's so close, there's no more boundary, it falls, you know? But what I mean is not being an I, so I'm scared of being an I because I ah, separated. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I understand constantly making this I I'm scared of you. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be like you say. Yeah. Lost in. Phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. I, maybe I have to think about uh, about this. <laughs> but yeah, that's so your experience. I hear you. Yeah. Mm. I and s- it's scary to be an I. Yeah. Is that separation for me? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I find out. Mm. I'll think about that. Mm. So, we won't resolve this today. <laughs> that's a big, uh, that's a big uh, matter. That's a big, uh, a big thing. But uh, maybe we'll finish with the story of Bahia. You know the story of Bahia. So Bahia, um, he thought he was awake. Uh, I'm not sure it was in an arrogant way. You know, he was just at you know his mind was at peace. I think he was experiencing a lot of peace. And um, somebody generous said, uh, and maybe perceptive said, Bahia, I don't think you're fully awake. You know, but there's one teacher, the Buddha something like seven kilometers away you know, in that area he teaches and maybe he could help you <coughs> to finish the job and uh, the Bahia traveled, traveled to reach the Buddha and then got to the, the Buddha it was like uh, maybe ele- a quarter before 11 in the morning and uh, he, he found the Buddha and he went to the Buddha and he said please uh, noble one, give me some teachings. And the Buddha said, Oh, Bahia, 
wrong timing. I'm going to get my food I eat once a day, you know, and it's now that I'm going for my rounds. You know. But we'll talk after. And Bahia says, no, please, please, noble one, give me, a, give me a teaching, you know, we never know what's coming, you know. And the Buddha second time said, no, Bahia, I will teach you, but when I come back, I'm hungry, you know. And Bahia says, no, please, please. And in the sutras, if you ask three times, you know, so the Buddha said, okay, Bahia, I'm going to give you a teaching, a very short one he gave. He said, as I remember it now, Bahia, in the seeing, let there be only seeing. In the hearing, let there be only hearing. In the sensing, let there be only sensing. In perceiving, let there be only perceiving. If there is no you here, nor there, no in-between, this is freedom, this is peace. And then he left. And uh, just after, the story says that uh, Bahia uh, was in an accident and died a few minutes after. And people were saying, oh, just when he had found you. And the Buddha said, no. I saw in his eyes, you know, he got it. He was like ready, he had done his work. You know, so when he heard, he got it, and his mind was freed from self-conception, you know. and uh, and so that's the uh, that's the that's the instructions. We're sitting, the mountain and I, <coughs> until only the mountain remains. Mm. We're sitting, the truck and I until only the truck remains. So, who has the intention to stand up and go get some food? Now that I'm mentioning it. Only the taste. <laughs> Let there be only the taste. Okay, so can that be it for, the, for this afternoon? So let's just rest in that for a moment. Joseph says, identification imprisons us in the content of our conditioning. Identification imprisons us in the content of our conditioning. May we find freedom and clarity so that we can live with peace.
So I think you're listening for the listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.